If you are still joining us or joining us indeed for the first time, uh, welcome to Everyday Dadding and particularly welcome uh, to those of you listening from Texas. We, we picked up a couple of listeners from Texas, which is very exciting. Um, that's, a, that's a long way from where we are, so we're very glad you're joining us. Uh, my name is Ben and I'm joined as ever by... Robin, <laughs> I'm here. I am here. It's nice to have you with us. Can I give you a dad joke? Uh, always, yeah. This one's been given um, to me by a good friend of mine called Tom. And um, uh, it goes, uh, Germans are currently dealing with pandemic spike um, and they're being told to stockpile sausages and cheese. It's called a worst case scenario. <laughs> um, if you don't get that, um, German for sausage is worst and German for cheese is case. Um, so there we go. That's the joke wow. and the joke, joke explanation. Is it every day is a school day, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, foreign language education, you know, cultural appropriate. I mean, wow. <laughs> um, I did check. We don't have any German listeners, so we're all right. And this may well bring them in, or not. Yes, or not. Who knows? Well, look, um, it's a very special episode today. We um, uh, we were contacted by Phil uh, on our email, Everyday Danning. Hi, Phil. Yeah, everydaydanning at gmail If you want to join in the conversation, um, and and he sent uh, a great question. Uh, well, it's kind of a great paragraph, really, but um, uh, it was in depth. Let, let me. This is what this is what Phil asked us. Uh, he, he he asked um, uh, Ben, Robin, thinking back to before you were dads, uh, what did you do to get ready to be a dad? You know, were there books you read, top tips you received? What what vision did you have before you became a Christian dad? And and now with kids, has that vision changed? If it stayed the same, what have been the biggest distractions against living that vision? You know, what would you say to soon-to-be dads now? Um, which is one of those emails. It was, it was great to get the email. Brilliant questions. Mm. Um, Bloody scary questions. Yeah, really scary, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, really scary. But uh, so, Robin, look, can anything prepare you to be a Christian dad? I think, I think yes and no, um, in my experience, um, and. Uh, I guess other people might have different experiences. I, I kind of, I had a very idealistic view of being a dad. I, I think, um, I, so because I've been a, uh, worked with children and young people for a long time, I was fairly clear on the role of the family and, and the importance of the dad. And um, I loved this phrase that families were to be nurseries for heaven, um, where we're kind of, we're kind of growing, um, souls who will be mature disciples of Christ I had this kind of you know th this real kind of longing for um for our family to be that kind of place and I think and I think I still keep that um but the, the I, I think the way I thought that would work itself out was a little bit like Little House on the Prairie <laughs> um, if anybody remembers those this kind of idealistic kind of picture of you know little kids totting, trotting up and going pa pa tell me a bible story pa um and and it doesn't really work like that no it's a little bit more like the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a... well certainly i do feel like homer sometimes um it, it, yeah and I, I think 
I, I had I I found it quite frustrating when we were in the early stages of parenthood because a lot of people came to us with a lot of advice and actually I didn't find any of that advice particularly helpful I don't know about you Ben I mean just practical advice um, yeah you know, they, they'd come up with their little kind of gems of kind of well you know uh, this is how you should be doing it and it's like well that may have worked for your kids yeah but I've not got your kids yeah I, yeah I'm, yeah actually parenting would be quite easier without other people's kids <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I do very distinctly remember when our first child was born, um, and the first one is always a lot is a lot more kind of it's a much bigger event, isn't it? Just because it, it is that change from being you know young, free, uh, to being tied down, exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's that change, isn't it? And, and you do, uh, and it's you do you do so much preparation. You get the whole kind of like antenatal stuff. Do you remember those antenatal classes? Yes. Where you, where you get lumped together in a room with people based on the fact that you're all giving birth at about the same time, and, but yeah. there's nothing else to draw you together. Yeah. Um, and you do all this preparation for how you how the birth is going to go, and making sure you've got your right pram and cot and things and nappies and blah, 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 yeah. And um, uh, and I re- and I distinctly remember uh, holding my eldest um, a few minutes after he was born, looking at him going literally now what do i do yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and realizing that nobody had said anything about what you do with this this life that suddenly appeared in your and is part of your family that you are utterly besotted by instantly for no reason other than you kind of help produce him mm. and you've not got a clue like I barely knew how to put him in a car seat, <laughs> and and like you say, there's kind of idea, yeah, similar, to, maybe not quite as thought through um, as you. And I do love that kind of phrase of nurseries for heaven. That kind of yeah, it's a great yeah, yeah. But it but it does end up being quite idealistic, doesn't it? When they start yeah. pooping, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, and you realise that the raw materials you're going to be given are broken sinners born into a broken world, <laughs> and. Yeah. It doesn't go as you think it might. But but also, I think I was struck by, um, um, and I think the, actually that vision came crashing down, not because of my kids, but because of me. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, the worst sinner here is me. Yes, I've had more practice. Very quickly shown up. Um, I think I had, um, I, I think God had to do a real work in me in destroying an idolatry mm-hmm. um, where... I thought that we would have, uh, I would thought we would have kids who would, who were going to grow up to be Christian leaders. Mm. And actually that idol had to be destroyed in me. Um, I, I, actually what, what I should have been aiming for was my kids to grow up as Christians. Mm. Who cares if they're Christian leaders or not? God will work that out. Yeah. But I just wanted them to grow up as Christians. And that had to be destroyed in me. Mm. Um, and that was, that was hard. Mm. yeah i can imagine i I think for for me it's possibly the other end in that actually i've yeah i very quickly um set my bar very low uh and was kind of are they still alive at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) yes job done yeah and kind of uh, it it was so like you said to, to some extent nothing can prepare can prepare you for bringing your first child home that that that's just a unique bizarre beautiful 
strange thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but in hindsight, I think there are some things that I wish perhaps I'd been told. Um, okay. with, yeah, just, just a, I think just, um, I think there, there is a kind of a, particularly within our culture, there is a real idolatry around children being the centre of the family, being the most important thing that you've got. It's, it's almost like that they are your legacy. And so they've got to kind of be, you've got, to, everything has got to be for their betterment. Um, and I, th I think, I, I think in hindsight, I, I wish I'd maybe been told or spent time thinking about the fact that, you know, before children came along, we were already a family. Yeah, you know, we, 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 this didn't make us a family. This didn't make us, um, yeah, this didn't change our, yeah, the, the daily struggle against sin. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it didn't change what we were to do for ourselves. But yeah, I, I think we probably, it's very easy to slip into that kind of everything becomes about the child. Yeah. Um, I, I think I do, I think I would do that differently. Um, and then when you have, and then when you have a second child, you realise that it can't all be about the child because you've got two. Yeah, yeah. And then when you move to three, you realise you're hopelessly outnumbered, and uh, and and just just getting getting through the day is is, is a pretty good show. Yeah, you, you had to go from kind of like man to man marking to to a zonal system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can see some of the, some of the families that have kind of you know seven, eight, nine. I can see how you just keep going. Because once once you've gone beyond two, yeah, you know, it's you, any hope of any hope of having have, having the kind of uh, the, the control there is gone. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so, what, his second question: What was your expectation or vision before you had kids, and how does that compare to the reality? I think we've kind of there's been a big sea change, isn't there, in, in terms of our expectations and and, and the reality that, that then follows. Is that fair, Ben? Yeah, I think so. In that, look, I guess, but, you know, I think particularly, I, I didn't, I probably didn't have a necessarily kind of an, an idealistic vision of us as a family, but I probably had a, a fairly idealistic vision of what I would be like as a dad. Yeah. Um, you know, you sort of think, okay, yeah, yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm not going to be like that guy. I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to be the kind of, I'm going to be the one that's always there. That's always, yeah. Yeah. And even the silly things like, yeah, you're going to kind of be, um, yeah, you're going to be kind of the cool dad that all their mates think is really great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all that kind of nonsense, basically, yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, kids has taught me many things. One of them is I'm way, way less patient than I thought I was. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, we touched on this last time when we talked about disciplining um, our children. Actually, often the biggest barrier to disciplining our kids well is us. Um, uh, and I think that what, what having kids has done has just show, again just shown me how bro how broken I am and how much I need um, how much I need God to help me to, to be just to get up in the morning and and be present. Um, let alone be the kind of the all singing, all dancing super dad um, that you kind of imagine that you'd like to be. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, th I think we're not we're not probably not being that encouraging today, are we? <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> Cold, hard, stark reality. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay, well, get, let me give you some, something encouraging then, is that, on, you know, like, none of my children have left home yet. They haven't run away. Yes. <laughs> they, they still... But you know, they they still come in through the door and give me a hug. Yes, you know that, and and because I think there is a recognition amongst my kids that you know he's doing what he can. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest, our dad's limited. <laughs> he's kind of, so we're just kind of grateful, you know. There is, and, and that yeah, I, I think there is. Um, I, I think what I would say is actually it's very easy to have a kind of a an idealistic vision of how being a dad and being a family will go, but that just won't happen. But that's okay. Cause it was never meant to be like that anyway. Yeah. Actually yeah. The, the reality is how um, the, the reality of a family where things are a bit of a mess, people have a go at each other, people fall out, people make up, people let each other down, people learn to forgive. No, that was God's design for family. Actually, it wasn't going to be little house on the prairie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's right. I think something else I'd just throw into play as well is, is and something I've, I've always struggled with a little bit, is enjoying them as they are now and looking forward to the next stage. And I think if, if, if we spend too much time, if I spend too much time looking forward to the next stage, I, I regret that I feel like I've missed the stage they're at and enjoying that. And yet at the same time, it just gets better and better. Yeah. I remember when they came home as, as a baby, my job was basically to look after my wife and make sure she was all right. Because actually this beautiful bundle that was mine didn't really do anything. There wasn't a lot that I could do. No. But then as they started talking and walking, um, suddenly I'm, I'm much more of an important part of their life. Mm. But then as, as I think we often think, you know, well, well, that's the ideal age, isn't it? When they're kind of, I don't know, three or four or whatever, as a dad, it's great fun. Actually, it gets better and better as they begin to engage with you know, the world and, um, and even through the teenage years as they, to, to be there and to walk with them through the hormones and the spots and the girlfriends and the doubts um, and the struggles actually is a, is a privilege and a joy. Yeah. Um, it's not easy um, and it's, it's pretty upsetting at times, but my word, I wouldn't swap it for anything. I, 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 think, I think that's true. Um, but I think you've got to, but part of the, I think as, as our kids get older, the, the deeper conversations that are so precious are only possible because we, because, um, you know, we, we have been there. Yeah. Um, actually doing, you know, watching in the night garden, you know, we can watch, I can watch Avengers now. That's much better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually the kind of, the, it, sometimes it's hard to see kind of what that relationship building looks like when they're one, when they're two. Yeah. Um, uh, and so again, I think, yeah, the, the expectation, I think often the expectation and the vision that you have before you become a dad usually centers around life in 20 years time. Yeah. Whereas like, so you've got to be in the moment looking forward to the next stage, but still in that moment, you know, right then where they are right, you know, right then, which is, you know, trying to put a square block through a round hole. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, come on, you idiot. It's really straightforward. Well, <laughs> just trying to find that particular shape, size, and colour of Lego brick. Yes. Oh, goodness me. It, does, although it doesn't matter. The colour doesn't matter. 
One of the colour matters. <laughs> doesn't matter with some of our kids. Um, so what do you think are the biggest distractions from living out? Um, so this is Phil's great third question. What are the biggest distractions against living out that vision that we we, we kind of have? Of, I guess um, our families being nurseries for heaven. Yeah, I, I, that, which is a great question. One that um, my wife and I talk about quite a lot, I think, because, hmm. yeah, we we desperately want our kids to grow up to be mature disciples of Christ. You know, we want them to be Christians. Uh, uh, that, that's our ideal. That's our vision. That, that's our desire. So I guess anything that's going to stop them doing that can be a distraction. Uh, and, and it's so easy to fall into that trap of kind of, you know, what you know, there is a kind of a right motivation for wanting the best for your kids. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're happy all the time which is what our culture would say. Our culture would say your kids need to be happy all the time, I think. Yeah. Um, it's okay. They're allowed to be sad. Yeah. It's having a clear vision of what is the best for our kids. Yeah. And, and the best for our kids isn't necessarily having everything. No. Or, or doing everything. I think, um, so we're in, a, we're in the kind of area where, you know, a lot of kids don't do a lot. A lot of kids kind of w- without much to do. Um, but obviously we're in contact with lots of friends whose kids are really busy, busy all the time, kind of doing loads of after school stuff. You know, they're, they're eight and they're doing grade eight on the ocarina or something like that. And I'm thinking, well, my kids are just about learning through the doggy paddle. That'll, that'll do me. You know, yeah. there's, and, and sometimes I think, too, I'm, are they missing out on the opportunities that maybe I had, maybe others had, am I kind of denying them something? Um, but then I can think, well, it's either that or we eat tea together. Yeah. Actually, I'd rather that we ate tea together than that they were in the first team for, you know, um, corf ball or whatever it was. Mm. Um, you ever played corf ball, Ben? Uh, uh, yes, once. It wasn't a proper sport. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just going to leave that. that, that, that yeah, the, the email is going to go crazy after that, hey, I can imagine. You forget, we're big in India. Oh, that's true. Um, K- Kabaddi, then. Yeah, buddy. Um, so yeah, just that that real sense of um, uh, of are, are they missing out on something? You know, should we be should we be busier? And it's like actually, I quite like the fact that we're not a busy family. Yeah, yeah. I think we I think we really struggle with that because again, we similar similar kind of pressures with uh, other people doing lots of other things and kids wanting to do stuff. Um, and I think what we try to do is kind of think. So, like musical instruments, for example, we've kind of encouraged them to have a go. Yeah. But we've steered them in the direction of instruments that would be useful in a typical church band, rather. Than, um, <laughs> uh, you know, rather, so uh, as as fun as it would be um, for a kid to go out to play the oboe, um, actually, keyboard and guitar is maybe more useful moving forward perhaps if you're going to be doing stuff that's serving in church um now again cue all the emails of people who play the oboe in their churches regularly but wonderful well done yeah exactly but so i think we tried to kind of think about it like that and if we've and our kids are all quite sporty um but we've got involved in stuff where we can be involved as a family as a way of getting into community rather than well, we've tried to avoid that kind of taxi service where you're dropping one at something, one at something else, and and never really actually spending time together and all that kind. Of, but but it's tough, isn't it? Because you, there is that pressure from other parents. 
mm-hmm. and and even other parents in church. Yeah, yeah, and even from the kids themselves. You yeah. know, what, what, can I not do this or do that? And um, you know, if they've got lots of interest and interested in lots of things, and we want to encourage that curiosity yeah. and interest in nature, but but actually you know, still having time together as, as a family. I think, I think the other thing that's been a big distraction, and, we, you know, this is a common theme, I think, big distraction from living out that, that vision has simply been me and my sinfulness. <laughs> Actually, what has stopped me from discipling my kids? Actually just sitting on my backside and, and doing what I want to do, thanks very much. You know, reading my book, watching TV. My own selfish heart has been one of the big barriers um if if we're being honest yeah yeah no that's absolutely that's absolutely true um it's very easy isn't it to kind of put our own needs first yeah um um <clears throat> and one of the biggest helps in, in dealing with that um and i'm sure it's, I, I know it's the case for you as well is our wives you know this, this yeah. is a partnership isn't it we're, um yeah. we're not here um we're blessed to not be doing this on our own yeah. Um, both humanly and also spiritually speaking. Yeah. Um, but well, I feel I, Phil, that was a it's a great question. It's a great email. I feel slightly exhausted and battered and um, laid bare Phil, by that. But can, um, I, can I just say to Phil, thank you very much for showing up our terrible shortcomings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, but but that's yeah. That it is very true, isn't it? I think there is. I think maybe if we to leave with one thing, it, it, it's just to recognise that, that the, the idealist view is not a is not a bad thing. You mm. do you have a have a have a big desire for your kids to grow up to know and love the Lord Jesus, um, but just recognise that yeah that the the, the the basic pattern is one of struggle and battle uh, and forgiveness and making up. Um, and bumping along and making mistakes and kind of growing together there, there it's the, the idealist perfect christian family is never going to exist um uh, and um so when it doesn't work out you're in great company um with every other christian dad who's ever existed um but yeah that, that's great question do stay in touch with us do email in with your questions everydaydadding at gmail.com uh, check out the website for more resources, uh, everydaydadding.com. Uh, we will s- speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye.